From deep in an unmarked vault in the Capital Wastelands, it's James Robertson and Michael Lucas Smith on games. Let's just take a short moment, then we'll talk about Mass Effect and then Civilization. Let's get a bit of a Mass Effect going here. Mass Effect 1 and 2. I mean, it's Star this Wars. It. <laughs> I mean, this is, it, it this is. game is a, yeah. like, Mass Effect 1 was a turning point in storytelling in games, I'd say. Although the funny thing is, I got Mass Effect. Uh, I got it because I was going to get Mass Effect 2, and I decided I wanted to play Mass Effect before I played 2. But the first time I played Mass Effect, I got to the part where you're in, uh, what is it, Chora's Den. You're having the shootout right at the very beginning where you're trying to find, uh, where you end up finding um, tal Tally. Is this Mass Effect 1 or 2? Mass Effect 1. You okay. have the shootout in Chora's Den. This is right at the very beginning. Oh, uh, gosh, this is so long ago. You're really stretching yeah, my memory. Right. Well, the thing is, I didn't understand the combat system that well. I didn't. I hadn't been paying any attention to the game to speak of at all. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that I had missed like four leveling up possibilities, and I didn't really know how the combat system worked on on the uh, console. So I kept getting my ass kicked in that combat, and I put the game down and didn't play it again for about three months. Uh huh. Well, the, I, I I warned you that Mass Effect Two was was light years ahead of Mass Effect One. You did, but the thing is, I wanted to play one, and the funny thing is, the only reason I got back to the game was that at some point my daughter sat down and told me what I was doing wrong. Yeah. Well, Mass Effect 1, the story, the reveal when you finally talk to the Reaper, man, yeah. that is so freaking awesome. Like, it, it, it berates you as you're, you're a tiny, puny little mind. You do not understand the universe. And it's right. Yeah. It is totally right. It, we're talking, you're talking to a creature that has lived for thousands and thousands of years, probably longer. Its intellect spans galaxies. It's, it's got multiple you know, bodies that it lives in. You kill it, it comes back in another body, right? It, right. It is, it's, it's actually, if anything, it's kind of insulting that, you're taking, that you, you're, it has to bother speaking to you. Yeah, and, and, and in many respects, what, whatever they're doing, you know, they, they do this purge to to uh wipe out the the um emergent intellects and and this is something that i a lot of people don't like to talk about usually for religious beliefs or whatnot but intelligence and life seems to be an emergent effect so they kind of take that to the extreme in mass effect you know if these are if life like ours is emergent uh, and there is a creature that's lived a lot longer than us and has seen emergent creatures come and go and wreak mm -hmm. havoc what do you do about it? And, and it looks like the Reapers use it as a natural resource. They right, let you know, it grow. I, I don't fully understand how that, how that... I don't feel like that's been completely explained because what it really looks like they do is just wipe them completely out of the galaxy. I mean, they, they pretty much leave almost no trace of them. I mean, through the whole of Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2, you find like little itsy-bitsy pieces other than that one planet where they man the Protheons managed to hide. There's no remnant that you can find other than tiny artifacts here and there that got that got missed you well know, before like before we go out. to mass effect 2 let's stick with mass effect 1 
certainly the keepers. One, there's just little artifacts left yeah. here and there. It's well, there's like suddenly the house, and, you, and all you found is something they left in the closet. There's the keepers in the citadel. That's certainly a hint uh, right. of recycling, and I think that this is kind of the key: is that if you let this emergent effect, these, this natural effect of intelligence, come, uh, and you create a way to harvest them, which is what they've done with the citadel and the gates. Um, then they're building up uh, technological artifacts and and populations, which you can just get a yield from, basically uh, harvest. And I, I believe that's the word they used was harvest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. And 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 that um, that's really interesting because that's it looks as though whether or not you surrender doesn't matter. You know, if you surrender, no, they- you're just an easier thing to kill. It's um, actually, in, in a sense, you can relate it to like the conversation. There's a conversation in part of uh, if you wander by the right random people in Dragon Age, there's a conversation, and I think it's Lothering, where you overhear somebody say, can you even surrender to Darkspawn? And yeah, in Mass Effect, it, yeah, there, there is no such thing as surrender. There's, there's voluntary being killed, and then there's involuntary being killed. Right, so the, skipping a bit ahead to, Prothean, uh, to, the, to the Protheans in Mass Effect 2... Um, it's discovered that the uh, collectors, the bad guys in Mass Effect 2, are the genetic descendants of the Protheans. And right. they've been modified and their technology has been reused uh, for a purpose. And in this particular case, they're, they're a race left nearby the galaxy to... to watch, to, basically. To watch, to, to do the bidding of the Reapers. And after Mass Effect 1, you've killed the Reaper that is sitting in our galaxy. And you have to imagine that the Reapers are in a lot of galaxies at this point. Um, right. And so you've killed the guy that's sitting there waiting to to start the harvest, to bring the locusts right. in. <laughs> Basically, the locust-like. It actually looked like right. flying ticks. So yeah. the, they're instructed, the Protheans are instructed to build a new Reaper. And what's interesting is that they chose the form of the dominant race, which was the humans. Mm-hmm. Now... It, it makes you wonder what it is that the Reapers see themselves as if they choose to make the harbinger of our own destruction be in our image. Well, this is what I wonder about, whether they will explain where the Reapers came from or whether they'll leave that as a plot point that uh, you're supposed to fill in. I think yourself. it's too far. You remember in the Matrix 2 or 3 or something like that, where every, all the humans are fighting, thinking this is the first time that they've got a real chance to beat the machines. But it's happened, but it's happened over and it's over. It's happened over and over again. The machines have been doing it for a long time. It's, it's not 2,200. It's probably uh, 40,000 or something like that. Right, right, you, right. You know, so I think it's too far, long gone. The Reapers... And I suspect one of the outcomes of Mass Effect Three. No, no, the only part I'm the only part I'm curious about is, are the Reapers an original sentient species that that machinified themselves, or are they the or, or are we looking at a Cylon kind of thing here, where at some point in the deep distant past, they destroyed their makers? That's the only kind of thing I'm kind of curious about. Well, I, I'm not sure it matters because I think one of the outcomes of Mass Effect 3 will be, you know, I, I've chosen the human supremacy route. You know, in Mass Effect 1, I was humans all the way. Uh, in Mass Effect 2, I was humans all the way. And I think that if I go humans all the way in Mass Effect 3 and win the battle, that mm-hmm. will take the Reaper's place. Okay. Now, that, when you say human supremacy all the way, what does that mean as far as the decisions you made? Well, there were all kinds of decisions where, um, for example, you know how the um, um, 
Normandy was a joint project. Oh, the, okay, the, you, you've got yeah, and you've got the destiny. Okay, so in Mass Effect One, at the end, you can decide to save the destiny or not. Obviously, then you decided not to. No, well, screw that. There's no in any playthrough of that game, I never saved them. They can go I saved it once and didn't save it once, just because I was curious to see. <laughs> well, there actually, there's two, okay, there's two reasons. One of them, one of them's a, a, a half decent reason. The other one's a really pathetic one. The, the half decent reason why I saved it was I was just curious to see how that played out. And the pathetic one is that there are achievement points to be had both both ways. Okay, so uh, another thing was that the nominee was a joint project. I told the press that it was all human. <laughs> uh, I put humans on top. Uh, and I put the military leader in charge. Um, and the, the Wait, when you said military leader in charge, oh, you mean um, okay, yeah, 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 okay, gotcha. So yeah, my, the old captain who's now you know right, but uh, that's the guy I was put in charge because I thought the other guy was an asshole. Yeah, he's so he's still the diplomat in Mass Effect Two because I put the military guy in charge. Um, what I expected to happen happened. The Citadel is civil riots, chaos. Humans on top, aliens not happy about it. Yet they, the funny thing is, the aliens don't really, can't really argue against the fact that we saved their butt. <laughs> and, and then we do it again in Mass Effect Two. So uh, it's really interesting. And and the very final scene in Mass Effect Two well, is except in Mass Effect Two, they don't know that you've done it. In Mass Effect Two, no, it, it's all out there. You know, in Mass Effect One, they deny it happened. They kind of, it, it kind of ends up being a cover up, if you will. But in Mass Effect 1, it's obvious to anybody who's paying attention that humanity saved their ass. In Mass Effect 2, it's not necessarily obvious to anybody what you did. Well, the other thing that I think makes me think that humans in my approach will take over the role of the Reapers is that I kept the Reaper tech at the end. See, now, I didn't do that either playthrough. I, I, and, and, you know, the thing is, I was curious about, I, I was thinking about doing it. I didn't do it. I was thinking I'd do another playthrough and do it, but then the problem is I did a playthrough on Insanity, and I feel like there's no challenge in that game for me at all anymore. <laughs> so, so I don't right. know that I can play through to do that again simply because there's just nothing left for me in the game. I've done everything that can be done. Yeah. You know, no. Well, there are, there are funny things like, um, you, you know when you go to Tali's Flotilla? Yes. Take the, uh, the Reaper with you. Uh, sorry, not the Reaper. Um... What's what are they called? The uh, the Geth. Yeah, take take the Geth guy with you. <laughs> <laughs> there there are funny things like that that you can do, but um, Mass Effect One elevator scenes were far too long. <laughs> uh, Actually, there's a there's a throwaway line that that makes fun of that in Mass Effect Two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the um, Mako was ridiculous. <laughs> So planetary exploration was kind of sucky in that. Uh, in Mass Effect 2, the mining, mining minigame was time-consuming. Yes. Um, but every other aspect of the game I really enjoyed. Uh, the inventory system in Mass Effect 1 was just woeful. So they, did a, yeah, they did a really good job in Mass Effect 2. They, they amped that game up to a whole new level. What I disliked, um, the ending, was nowhere near as intense as Mass Effect 1. I mean, the well, reveal, not, the Reaper reveal... Not, as intense. not only was it not as intense, here's the really stupid part. If you played on, on the highest level possible, which I did that one, the one playthrough I played on Insanity, the funny thing is, the final battle, not only is it not as intense as the ending of Mass Effect 1, but on Insanity, it's not even the hardest battle. Yeah, of course. 
But okay, so Mass Effect One, um, the first the reveal where you talk to the Reaper is stunning. I mean, it's a Hollywood moment at ten times over. It it is worth playing the game through just just for that. And then the final battle in the Citadel is spectacular as well. You you defeat the bad guy you've been chasing all game, yep. and then you fight the Reaper. And the first time I played that through, I used zero um, elements, zero powers against him. And every time you do that, you give him energy. And it was like, oh my god, the Reapers are powered by our greatest weapon. <laughs> so the only way to beat him is a good old-fashioned Earth beatdown. Ballistics. Right. So you, yeah, you pull, you pull out the, the, the semi-automatic and just keep hosing him down. You shotgun him to death. You beat him up. And that, that is why... That is, that's like... Um, I remember in Stargate SG-1 at the uh, and Stargate the movie... What I really liked was you got this advanced alien race using laser guns, force fields, super armor, spaceships. But at the end of the day, a bullet is still a bullet. <laughs> and I really right, enjoyed that aspect of, you know, we may not have your technology, but our weapons are effective. Right, right. Well, you know, as a, as a small side knit. There was one one particular Stargate one episode that torqued me off. It was one of the footfall ones where they did an alternate thing where where they hadn't saved um, Teal'c. So Teal'c is coming in with the invasion fleet, and then there's the whole taking over of Cheyenne Mountain. Yeah, I remember I'm that. I'm looking at that. Yeah, so I'm looking at that, and there's a bunch of guys trying to hold a hallway, and I'm thinking, wait a minute. If you have two M60 machine guns, there's no freaking way any of them are moving even an inch down that hallway. They threw a gr- one of the stun grenades in, though, right? Huh? They, I think I, they, they threw one of the stun grenades in. No, it, 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 I seem to remember it was dumber than that. But I, I was sitting there thinking, you know, as long as they don't run out of belt-fed ammo on those things, nobody's moving anywhere. Yeah, you know, what would have been, you know, if they'd really ramped up Stargate, we've got a little bit of games here. We'll get back to the games in a second. But if they'd really ramped up Stargate, you would have seen the blue light gun being used to knock out the, the enemy soldiers. Uh, yeah. And if, you, if you're not familiar with this weapon, you're going to start seeing it in the next 20 years. <laughs> it's going be, to become popular, I'd say. Basically, it's a super intense blue light that shuts off your brain. This is not sci-fi. Yeah, you know, this is reality. Speaking of Stargate, <laughs> you know, it's, it seems kind of odd to me that nobody's licensed Stargate for a video game yet. They, well, somebody was building a Stargate game and they ended up closing it down. Um, okay. So, so I would have expected the goal to have to mine their way in to Cheyenne Mountain to get at the right. gate. And that's what I would have expected the no-win scenario to be, is that we can hold this base as long as we can, except they're just going to blow a hole on the side and walk in. Right. They've got a giant mothership there anyway. Okay, so um, back to, to Mass Effect 1. The two finale sections were awesome. Uh, and you even had to sacrifice one of your team members to get to the end, which was an impossible decision. I could not let either now, of them go. Now, you know what? That, that, kind of, that was something that ticked me off a little bit about Mass Effect 2, because all the lead-up to Mass Effect 2 was that, if, was that you were going to lose crew members unless you did everything right. And it seemed to me that the first playthrough of Mass Effect 2, it seemed brutally obvious to me what you had to do to not lose anybody. And, you know, running through the final battle, I didn't lose anybody. And some of the stuff I've seen online since on YouTube videos and clips that people put up to show how they lost people. To lose people, you kind of had to go out of your way to not do things. Yeah, and, and I, the very first time I played it through, I lost somebody. 
I put okay, but in Mass Effect, they they threw it right in your face. You know, in the first yeah. game, they threw it right in your face and said, "You got to pick." Now, yep. now maybe it was you could say it was an artificial choice. I know my daughter argued that way, but the it thing didn't. Is, yeah. it, you know, it honestly didn't feel like an artificial choice. You were running out of time. You you either go after the bad guy or get the nuke off. And right. but either way, you had to you had to pick somebody. And, and it was a choice you actually had to make. Whereas in Mass Effect 2, it really did seem to me that if you played through even halfway intelligently, you weren't going to lose anybody. Yeah, so, so I lost somebody, um, one person, not directly in my purview because I put the wrong guy in charge of the second assault going down the hallways. Uh, I, put in, right, right. I put in the, um, uh, the Krogan. I thought yes. he had better sense. But uh, okay. and he did. He only lost one guy, but that was enough. So, uh, okay. apart from that, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty pretty obvious who you should put in charge and do what, and and um, I enjoyed that. But yeah, so there were no great reveals. What they should have had was some sort of reveal of so this is what the Reapers are up to, um, right? And and not. This well, they, they sort of did, and that, that you alluded to it earlier, where you said they were building a human form Reaper. And yeah, that, but who cares? Well, so far as there was a reveal, that was the reveal. I mean, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a stalling game. We've stalled the Reapers a little bit longer. Not, oh, the Reapers have arrived. You know, basically, the very end of Mass Effect Two should have had the Reapers arriving, and Mass Effect Three should have been the war, the, the war to, well, you know, to survive. That's what I'm trying to figure out about Mass Effect 3. With the scene they have at the very end of Mass Effect 2, where you see that just flotilla of, of Reaper ships. Yeah, I mean, the, the Reapers are coming, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of that, that, that you have even a snowball's chance in hell of defeating that is if you throw the, you know, the, the huge, if you have a huge army of Rachni to throw at them. And, you know, if you made that choice in Mass Effect 1, you do have that army. Are you I don't think that would work. Given that the occupants of our galaxy defeated the Arachni, the Reapers can. You're, I'm just saying that the Arachni might at least keep them busy for a bit while you, <laughs> while you built other defenses. I don't know. Well, that was one of the reasons why I kept the Reaper tech. Because I figure, even if we don't become the new Reapers, in there is the answer to destroying the Reapers. They're, they're not machines. They're biological machines. Um, so... So what you're telling me is the tragedy of this is, is that if I go through Mass Effect 3, having not kept that technology, and it looks like it's too hard, I'm going to have to do another fracking run-through of Mass Effect 3. No, I doubt it, because at the start of Mass Effect 3, they'll go, well, it looks like you lost your memory again. Do you remember if you blew it up or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could always start a new character, I guess. Yeah, I could do that. Uh, so, you know, that, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, one second here. Having trouble with my. Okay, so Mass Effect Two, uh, and the the final thing, the final thing that I disliked, at the end of Mass Effect One, after this huge, big, nasty battle with a Reaper, making mm -hmm. lots and lots of moral choices as you go. And you know what? Those choices they threw at you in Mass Effect One, they were hard choices. Mm -hmm. They really, they really put you on the spot. And every time oh, yeah, it happened, right, right I was floored. Well, you had the conversation with um, oh god, I can't come up with the Krogan's name now. The uh, the the Krogan you have with you in Mass Effect One, the guy who becomes the ruler in Mass Effect Two, assuming you didn't kill him. Yeah. Uh, that that whole conversation path where you're supposed to talk to him about why it's not in fact a good thing to give the Krogans the cure. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, well, because see, that's an e- that you know, from his perspective, that's kind of got to be a no-brainer, right? Well, I convinced him it was okay because this wasn't a cure. This was a no, enslavement. No, no, I understand that, but I'm just saying, if you think about him as being, you know, an angry Krogan who's who's, you know, at the tail end of the of of, of his race having basically genocide committed against it. Yeah, it's going to be a hard thing to convince him of that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the only way I could convince him was the fact that it wasn't a cure. He was they were becoming slaves. And right. he agreed with that. You know, you know, I sort of consoled him, you know, if there's, a, if there's a cure, I will help you, but this is not your cure. Um, right. So Mass Effect 1 was filled with these decisions that were really hard. Mass mm-hmm. Effect, and then after you kill the big bad guy, I got a Hollywood ending. I got credits rolling with some absolutely rockin' music, which I immediately bought. As soon as I found out what the song actually was, I bought it on iTunes, and I still love it uh-huh. to this day because it's attached to that victory, to that fight, to the, all of those yep. decisions yep. leading up to it. It is an awesome piece of music. End of Mass Effect 2, yeah. nothing. I could forget about it immediately. It was just the end of another video game uh, with a giant monster, kill the giant monster, end of game. And the, so what uh, you want is you want the combat system of Mass Effect 2 reattached to Mass Effect 1. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. No, I, I really... They, they needed to up the ante at the end of Mass Effect 2 and have the Reapers arrive. Not just be yeah. floating over the Milky Way, but, but be there and have that final fight. I mean, you, you do technically fight a Reaper, and I believe you're actually fighting the same Reaper as you were fighting in Mass Effect 1. Um, yes. And uh, although I, I, it wasn't clear if that really was the same guy, and he kept taking think, charge. Like- yeah, he kept taking charge of the collectors, and he was building him and himself a new body. Um, but that was just him, you know. That that's not upping the ante. I beat that guy. I can, I clearly can beat that guy again, and I did. Well, I, I didn't I up the you, ante. With, when you play on insanity, you get to the point where every time he takes over a body, I'm like, oh come on, dude, you're just boring me. <laughs> Yeah. Just by that time, I had gotten so good at the headshots that I, I had my trusty sniper rifle, and I just popped him in the head twice, and he was gone. Yeah, he was only tricky the first time, and that was because right. you didn't know what to expect. It's like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so you needed to up the ante to, to make it more than just that guy again, because he was damn hard the first time, but I've moved on. And in fact, so is the galaxy. We know more about the Reapers now. We know more about Zero G, uh, Element Zero. Right, uh, and we know more about the gate system. We're probably on our well on our way to building our own gate, just like the Proteans did. Yep, um, and we know where the enemy is. You know, we figure that out near the end of of part two. Um, you know, this this basically stronghold at the center of the galaxy. Very cool, actually. I liked that idea, but but ultimately, it's not like you were fighting a harder enemy. You were fighting the same enemy. Right. Uh, and well, and it's, so know, it should have been. It's the more. second. It's the second game of a trilogy. It's uh, to take it back to Star Wars, since you mentioned that earlier. It's it's like Empire Strikes Back. You're you're in the middle section of the story. Yeah. Okay. But in Empire Strikes Back, the enemy gets harder. You have to fight Darth Vader in in the second movie. Well, fifth movie. In the fir- in fourth movie, Darth Vader was a problem, but not for Luke. No, I mean, story-wise, though, all I mean is, is that in, in story terms, it was obviously a bridge movie, and in story terms, I think Mass Effect 2... Yeah, I know, but it didn't leave me with, oh, shit, we're all screwed. Whereas Mass Effect 1 leaves you with this heart-beating moment of, we're screwed, no one's prepared to fight this thing, and I barely got through it myself. 
Oh, I don't know. At the end, when you see that fleet of, of Reaper ships, I don't know if I have any idea how, reasonably speaking, you're supposed to beat that. I, I agree, but the reality doesn't hit home. And, and, and they had all of Mass Effect 2 to make the reality hit home. And they okay. didn't. They, they, just, they just showed the consequences of losing, which has become a slave race. Right, right. Well, not even worse than a slave race in a way. You wouldn't, you'd be a slave race that wouldn't even have enough left to know it was a slave race. Yeah, you're just a component in the machine. There are tons more games to talk about, so come back to the vault soon and see what we have to say about them. If you have feedback, please send it to jarober at gmail.com.